This episode is sponsored by Kendo UI. Kendo UI allows you to build better apps faster. They have a comprehensive library ranging from data grids and charts to buttons and sliders. Plus, you can use their components as plain JavaScript as well as in Angular, React, and Vue. They have a large collection of customizable popular themes like Bootstrap and Material. Go check them out at javascriptjabber.com slash kendoui. Hey everyone, welcome to the Views on View podcast. My name is Eric, and today on our panel we have Joe Eames. Hey everybody. And John Papa. Good afternoon. And Joe, of course, is with the Framework Summit, John Papa, Microsoft, and Disney alumni. And today our guest is Peter Mbangangu. Hi, everyone. How's it going, Peter? Did I mispronounce your last name, or how does that sound? You mispronounced. <laughs> well, I give, it, I give it an A for effort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely an A for effort. So, Peter, today, one of the reasons we wanted you on is because you have been uh, writing a really interesting blog article, uh, How to Build a Real-Time Editable Data Table in Vue.js. How, yeah. uh, can you explain a little bit about how, how you came about writing that blog article? And actually, let's first start off with, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay, I'm a software developer, and I work with Field Intelligence, where we build offline-first application. And outside of that, I do write on my blog, uh, and also do some guest spots for Twilio, Pusha, Progress, and a few for Pluralsight. And aside from writing, so I have a few side projects which I'm looking to release soon. So like I'm an indie hacker. So you're releasing something what soon for indie hacker? No, I said I'm an indie hacker. So I have a couple of side projects which I'm working on releasing in as individual products soon. Okay. Yeah, I think that's all for my introduction. <laughs> no problem. So tell me a little bit about this blog, this article that you wrote on how to build real-time editable data in Vue.js. I'm working on one of my side projects, one of my projects, which is HarmonySync. It's actually aimed at um, real-time synchronization. So I showed off how to use it in that blog and... In it, I discussed about three ways which you can add real-time into an application and why you would need it for editing data table, data and data tables in real-time. I said you can use the WebSocket API. You can also use some open-source libraries like Socket.io, Soc.js, and which would require you to scale your service, or you can use some... SaaS products, which would provide you similar API, but allow you, would manage the scaling for you. And I went over HarmonySync, which would would provide you with the library to handle um, real-time data synchronization, and provide scaling and persistence of um, the state and manages conflict also. Peter, this and, is, sorry, this is really interesting, but can we take one quick step back? Because I've done a lot of real-time data, too, and I think it might be helpful for our listeners to understand what problem were you trying to solve with uh, real-time data? Like, when would, somebody, when would somebody try to tackle this? Okay, so in some applications, you'd want to have some data, for example, like data tables and line of business applications. You'd want some records to be edited 
by the users in real time and you want them to be synchronized across connected clients and be able to manage the data conflict. So okay. I think so multiple client browsers, for example, like I see in your blog post, you've got two of the same view app open up and you're editing in one and the data is showing up in the other one almost immediately, right? Yeah. Okay. And Hamani Sync, that's the solution you chose, it sounds like. But you mentioned WebSockets and Socket.io, SignalR, and some others. Why did you, before we get into the one you chose, could you talk about why you didn't go with those other ones? Well, this drawback for WebSocket is if your users, not all of them would be using um, the modern browsers and they might not be supporting most of the WebSocket API protocols and you would want to use something like Socket.io or Signal, which had some fallback mechanism. But with that, you would also have to code up your some interfaces to interact with them and handle maybe data storage yourself. And but then for some applications, you would just you would not want to build those servers and handle. Um, what it requires to scale real-time solution and you want to hand that off to maybe third-party provider to provide you with a service that you can consume a library and be able to do similar things while they handle the scaling. So HarmonySync provides a library that you can connect to the HarmonySync server and do use it for real-time application and it provides easy-to-use APIs that translates to storing and retrieving data or states and it would persist them for you and also help in a way of managing data conflicts. And you are behind Harmony Sync. You created it, right? Yeah. So cool. So that's like your startup that you've been working on on the side? Yeah. Nice. Uh, when did you start it? I started in March. I think that kicked off from when I was building an application and uh, I think I, I used a couple of real-time system, and most of the time, if I had to do real-time, I have to to build up an architecture for them, and I wanted something I could easily plug into whenever I needed it. Well, I'm, I'm probably mispronouncing it. Harmony, Harmony Sync, not Harmony, but Harmony. Like Harmony without the R. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it mean? It's derived from the word Harmony, too, and... Then with the sync in it for synchronization, data sync. So, okay. So it, it, it is supposed to be like Harmony, but without the R, but Harmony is just. Yeah. Like that? Okay. Very cool. And so, yeah, it looks like it's pretty reasonably priced too. You can get, uh, you have, you can get a free tier that you can get a hundred connections. But if you get the state requests are 20,000 a month, but if you want unlimited it's and you get eight dollar per million state requests so it's pretty well priced too interesting yeah so have uh let me ask you this so i mean john mentioned why you would want to use a real-time app and you explain that how easy is it to get up and running on a view project well it's quite easy to get set up with harmonizing for view or any other javascript project you need to either reference it, the library from a 
public URL or you can install from NPM and then sign up on the HarmonySync dashboard and get a token. You need an account ID and uh, an application ID. So you can create different applications from the dashboard. So with that, you can connect to the server and it has APIs you can you can use to, which are easy to either store up simple states objects or a list of objects you want to synchronize. Interesting. So you have to sign up on, on your dashboard and then it looks like it's an easy NPM install uh, to get it or yarn installed to get it installed in here. Yeah. And then in the example, you used material design too to make it a little nicer to use the table, the data table component. Yeah, from Beautify. Right. Interesting. So I'm wondering, you mentioned briefly earlier in that you shouldn't use WebSocket API. Why shouldn't you use WebSocket API right now? Well, not all users would be running on modern browsers that would have that, because most modern browsers not or probably all have support for WebSocket, but not all users would have um, browsers that support that protocol. And some could also prevent some through the firewalls. So I think um, that's where um, libraries like Socket.io comes into play to provide you with some fallbacks like long polling. Yeah, exactly. But Hamoni handles all that for you, which is really nice. And then you can uh, easily get it to update in real time with this Hamoni.connect. So it has a pretty simple API, it looks like, to use. You said you started this in March and you're already yeah. out the door then, huh? Would, is this your full-time job or is this... Yeah, uh, it was full-time when I, I worked on it for a month. Then I just started a new job with two months ago. So it's a well-connected part-time and mm -hmm. time of my normal work hours. Too. And I see and you can use it with any JavaScript library. Yeah, any with any, yeah, any framework. It isn't uh, tied to maybe a particular framework. Well, why did you make that decision? Or why did you start with doing a tutorial on Vue instead of like Angular or React? Well, I, I have one on React. I think I did the initial one in vanilla JavaScript and then did for React and Vue. It, that was before I started programming in Vue and then did one for Vue. Okay, well, that's cool. So how, how do you like Vue so far? Well, I love Vue. It's, uh, I think, I, perhaps it's the, how easy it was to, to understand, to learn. I think that's why I, I like it the more. And it's easy to, to move an application from either maybe a jQuery app to, to a Vue project. Yeah, I think we were talking about it a few episodes ago, you know, the simplicity of Vue and, and how it can really, you could take an existing older app that maybe was using jQuery and, and switch it over using Vue and, you know, not have to worry about jQuery and, and just keep going from there. And especially even if you're in the Angular 1 days and you're looking to upgrade to a new app instead of going maybe like Angular 2 Plus or Angular 6 now, going to Vue is, is a, an easy upgrade transition for sure. Yeah, I think... The, the people who worked on the documentation really did a good job. It's really amazing. Very so yeah. could, Peter, could you walk us through how an app would work with this? Meaning, let's say we have all of us on this call 
have a browser open, when I enter my data, where is that data going once it leaves my browser? Can you walk us through that? When you connect, it retrieves the state where you've stored on from the server, puts it on your on the system locally, and if you make an edit, it sends it out to the to the server, updates the the store in the server, and then broadcasts the change to the connected clients, which also update the the local state and the client, and they can tap into that update and display a reaction in the UI for the users. When you when you say that it goes to a server, which just to be clear, what server is the data going to once we enter that? To the HarmonySync server. Okay, so you have some kind of like a cloud service that's that's hosting this. Yes. Okay. Uh, just curious when you when you put that up in the cloud, what's does that handle the load of people coming in? How do you make sure that if there's a lot of people doing it at that time, we're still getting performance that it's up? How did you manage that? I'm using a cloud as a service for handling my database. So I think they are pretty performant in data management. So it handles all the scaling for you and your applications as a user of the product? Yes. Okay, so the data goes from my browser to the Homoni server, and then that would then communicate back to Eric's browser, for example, and then show them that data? Yeah, correct. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you had any scaling issues yet? No, not yet. I'm preparing to do a launch, so I'm expecting me to go up a bit and trying to improve this, scale up the servers to be able to handle um, loads once I, if there's an official launch on product on and there's some upgrading users. Uh, so you haven't launched on product hunt yet? No, not yet. Yeah, I, that's funny. That's like the official launch place for a lot of apps now is is the, the big check boxes. Did you launch on Product Hunt? That's funny. But I guess that's yeah. the way it is. A lot, you know, that's how a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. So the plan is to do that uh, next month or in the middle of next month. Good. Yeah. So just hopefully, um, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but maybe by the time this podcast comes out, you'll already have launched on there, but until then, yeah. we'll definitely, it'll be in the, in the show notes here. So that's really cool. I mean, do you have some examples of other apps that you can use with uh, using real time? I mean, obviously the chat room would be like, like a chat room obviously is, is something that's a lot of people think of when they're first learning socket IO or web sockets. They're like, okay, how do I get two people to chat at the same time? What else do you think it would be useful for? Um, I mean, this is even beyond view, of course. You mean HarmonySync or surreal time in general? Well, I mean, in general or, or HarmonySync. Yeah, in general, it could be used for uh, real-time chat applications, stock, um, livestock um, updates. Wait, uh, livestock updates? Oh, like stock, like the stock uh, market updates? Yeah, like the stock market updates. For, for a second uh, there, I thought you were talking about like, like animals. But... <laughs> <laughs> no. And maybe um, game scores for multiplayer games. Ah, yeah. And probably if you have dashboards and you want to connect a couple of your um, services into in a single dashboard and have them update different parts of the interface when when uh, 
something happens in different part of the application. For example, say you you have uh, a dashboard that you see how many users are signing up, are they paying, how how frequent are they coming back, so you can have a webhook that connects to maybe say Stripe, for example, that when a customer subscribe for a paid plan, it should trigger an update to the interface to say, oh, we, we have a new paid customer. And then if there's a new sign up, you can also update it and say, we have a new user sign up and track how, how many sign ups and how many paid customers you are getting. Yeah, that would, that would work. Yeah. And obviously for chat, for chat room application also. I think before before Harmony Sync, I I I was working on one for for building chat applications, which which would provide you with um, simple APIs to be able to create rooms, join the chats, and maybe get read and read um, status notifications. So that if you are building a, a chat application, it would be easy to get started get started with. Because with the with the libraries we have today, like the socket IO, or um, or maybe the the paid service like uh, I think PubNub or Pusher, you would have to have a way of designing your own architectures and APIs to to handle to be able to communicate, joining different rooms, chatting privately, and getting the message across, getting red statuses from the users. So I think that's usually um, something a bit hard and time consuming to to do if you are just getting started. And that was why I started with the, the chat API then, which there's a reference, which a friend of mine had used to build uh, an application he called Demo Poppy, which he uses to, to do demo live coding in events, maybe meetups, conferences. He, it has a chat room in it, which users uh, connected can chat. And then also a segment where it shows the, the code he's working with in real time. And if he makes changes, the users can see that in their computer screen as he makes the changes. So I think that's an example of how you can use real time. That's demopuppy.com. Yeah, demopuppy.com. And that's using your service. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the site now. It looks, yeah, it looks like a good like proof of concept example of what you can do. Is it, it's up and running, right? I, I got to click join the chat. Okay, and I can put my name in. Yep, looks like it works good here. You can even put Markdown in there. Yeah, so good good example of it. Anybody can, on online here can try it out. Yeah. Very interesting. Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers. Or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course and ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. Is there anything else you uh, want to talk about inside this uh, blog article that you wrote? 
that we haven't asked you about? Because I do have some other questions I'd like to ask you about that's not related to the blog here. Uh, well, related to the blog, I think we've covered it well. We've looked at um, why you would use um, need real time and the different ways you can do that with web circuits. So I'm missing. Now, I was going to ask you, but I know we didn't talk about this, but you're in you're in Nigeria, correct? Yes, correct. I mean, I just curious. I, mean, I think maybe some of the people listening to. I mean, how is how is the Vue.js over there in Nigeria? I mean, do you guys have uh, meetups over there, or is it mostly React or Angular, or and how is the tech scene over there? Well, I think the tech scene is is quite great over here, doing quite well. Most meetups in JavaScript I've seen is on React, Angular, but majorly Angular, and then there's some on Laravel, PHP. Well, I don't know most of the tech meetups, but then I think of um, most of it, the ones I see is on, uh, on Angular. I haven't seen any on Vue.js. I think it's still a growing community here. So probably in the next few years, it would be a very big one because I see a couple of guys, a couple of folks writing up about Vue.js on, on the Dev2 platform. And it's interesting to see how it's getting adopted. And perhaps most community here focused on JavaScript in general. We are also looking at doing something on Node.js. I would think there's there's a conference, not just Nigeria conference coming up in on the 29th of September. And we are looking to expand the Node.js Africa initiative and see how we can grow, get more adoption of Node.js and also get people to contribute on the main Node.js ecosystem. Oh, wow. So like they're having a conference and they're also promoting people to contribute? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, part of my ignorance, I don't know much uh, about Nigeria. I've never been there. Never. I just heard a few things. That sounds great. That's, that has an active community going. You know, one thing I've heard is that getting jobs in, in tech is always hard wherever you are, but not, not quite as hard in some places compared to others. I mean, how is the job market in, over there for Vue developers or React developers? Well, I don't know exactly for Vue, but I think for React, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a great one. It's quite a good one because uh, of the popularity of React, you'd usually find uh, if it's related to front-end, it's usually React or Angular, one of the two. I've hardly seen um, Vue.js, but I'm sure people use Vue.js, but not as popular as React and Angular in terms of JavaScript. But it's pretty solid, so if you know your stuff, you're you'll you'll be fine to good to go yeah if you know your stuff you're good to go I probably need to know some backend node.js would be good for example aside from that the other industries like dotnet and java are quite good i think dotnet is very stable yeah that's awesome I'm trying to think but is there what about the startup community i mean you're creating a startup in there uh is that is that common? Do you see that? Is there a strong startup community in some cities versus others in Nigeria? I think the startup scene is more visible in Lagos. I think Lagos has got a 
larger part of the tech community in terms of programming jobs, startups, and I just moved to Abuja, so I, I'm trying to get used to to the environment. But I don't know a lot about the startups in here in Abuja, but I think the the tech community is doing well. But the startup is more heavy in Lagos, especially within a particular area we call Yaba. There are a lot of hubs. There are some hubs there, and uh, people doing awesome stuff and. I'm always happy to see how it takes off for for them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, you're you're in the capital, Abuja. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's just, there's kind of misconception here in the United States that if you're going to create a startup of some sort or something in the tech industry, that you have to be somewhere in California or in Silicon Valley or the Bay Area. But certainly, it's not true. And and you see all these different places around the world of people creating cool things. And it doesn't matter where you are, um, yeah. which is very neat. It's amazing to see the the diversity in the tech industry grow in this direction too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well then, I, I think it's I definitely think it's pretty cool what you're doing. I'm I'm glad uh, you wrote a an article about how do people get started. And definitely, anytime we got some neat Vue.js stuff out, I would like to share it with everybody. So I noticed that you were a part of Hospital Run. Can you tell everybody what that is? Yeah, well, I started with them recently, I think last month. It's a project that's, it's a project that's a hospital management system that we want to work offline first, that is being able to, to use them in remote areas where, where there's no connectivity. So, uh, I think the project started a few years ago when I can't remember the names. They were somewhere in Kenya, and they they saw the the, the doctors going to some remote places to to carry out some operation would go with uh, paper documents and with records for the, the patients, the, the people they are going to visit, and they they wanted to do use a software to manage the the record, but then. It would work differently from how it works in the Western world, whereby connect- connectivity is limited and in various areas. And the the software available today wouldn't work in those scenarios. So they started building an offline-first solution for that. And today, I think the, the project has grown to a good uh, to a good extent that you could use it to manage records and take it to areas with low connectivity and you can get data, edit, and then when you're back online, they would all synchronize. That's cool. So you can, if, yeah, if you go to hospitalrun.io, you can take a look. So it's an open source project, like you're saying, um, for these, these areas that don't have great connectivity. And you can put your patient information for these hospitals. They can put their patient information, the assessments. They can actually book appointments through it. They can keep track of medication. Just has a lots of really great usage usages. I I learned about it a few years ago because it's one of the premier, one of the very good. I don't know how how I'm going to put this. It's it's one of the ways you can see an Ember product, Ember application out in the wild that's open source that's still being maintained and still being ran. So when I was big in Ember JS, I actually contributed a little bit to their open source project, which is really cool. And I believe they even use Rust in the back end. 
now too, but you handle more, you're more of the maintainer of the, um, of it, of the front end, right? Yeah. Yeah. More on the front end and looking to get a good overview of the project in general. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess a bunch of hospitals are using this software, which is cool. And, and they're always looking for contributors. So it's, it's definitely one of those projects that if you want to make a, an actual difference, um, and you know, help out people yeah, that need cool. the software. Yeah, check it out. It's very cool. So, what do you do as the maintainer? Are you are you actually uh, merging pull requests, things like that? Yeah, merging pull requests and reviewing pull requests, and uh, seeing how we can take the project forward. But for now, I still need to get a good um, so learning through projects in general to be able to contribute in other areas. Right. And sorry, were you, did you used to do Ember.js then for a while? No, I didn't do Ember for a while. It's just for this project. Uh, so you, are you kind of like being dumped into the deep end of Ember then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, definitely uh, people, when they tend to talk about front-end frameworks, they usually mention React, Angular, and Vue, but Ember is still out there and it's still being maintained and people are still contributing to it. And, and big projects like this are still using it, which is good to see. Very cool. All right, so I think uh, I think that's what that's all we have. I think we're going to go to our picks now. Before we get onto that, how can people get a hold of you, Peter? Yeah, you can reach me out on Twitter, p underscore n m b a n u g o, and on LinkedIn, email Peter Banogo on the internet. Okay, awesome. We'll make sure we have that in the show notes and also uh, every all the links we talked about today. All right, so Joe, do you want to start us off with picks? Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now, and it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter DevChat in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter DevChat in the How Did You Hear About Us section. You bet. I'm going to start off with a pretty self-serving pick. My friends and I started playing, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons together for like a year, a couple of my programmer friends. And we've been having such a fun time. This brand new adventure came out for Dungeons & Dragons real recently. And we decided we were going to start that new adventure, start off fresh, with brand new level one guys. And we were going to record it and put it on YouTube. So we don't actually have a place yet for where this is going to be um, broadcast at. But we are recording our... Well, it's just going to be a YouTube channel. We don't, I don't even know what the name of the YouTube channel is. We haven't decided that. But it will be a YouTube channel showing a whole bunch of programmers playing Dungeons & Dragons. So if you think that that is a cool thing, then you ought to come and check it out. Uh, the other thing I want to 
pick is a blog post recently called Goodbye Redux. I'm not sure if I picked this in the past, but it's been it's been spawning so many really interesting conversations recently that I think it's totally worth discussing and talking about and people should read it. So those are my two picks. Cool. John? I love that you picked that blog post, Joe, because I think that one topic has given a lot of people a lot more questions than they have answers now about what we should be doing. Right, right. You know, if, if it's truly good by Redux, oh my gosh, what does that mean for Vue and Vuex and Angular and NGRX? And, you know, have I been coding all wrong my entire life? <laughs> my life is a lie. <laughs> my life is a lie. I'm going to COBOL. Um, anyway, we should, we should definitely do a follow-up. I have two picks here. Uh, one pick is non-tech, and that is today, which will be long past today when this is aired, is Talk as a Pirate Day. And I love that. I just think it's so fun to have fun days like this in this totally serious world that we live in. It's fun to just have fun days like this where it's like, hey, it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. You check it out on Twitter. Uh, people are trending on weird things they're doing. And I live near Disney World, so there's people in the parks kind of acting kind of goofy. And anyway, makes me smile. Anything makes you smile makes me feel good. The second thing is on ViewConf USA, which I believe was March 2018. Is that right, folks? Well, yeah. I think it was. So it's a while back now. I have re-watched many of the sessions. I did not attend, but I watched them. And I re-watched them recently again. And some of these are really, really stood up even better the second time I watched them around. And I want to recommend that you go check out the link that we're going to put in the show notes about where you can watch these. Uh, there's some fascinating ones, especially uh, The State of View by Evan Yu is, is a definite must-see, kind of how that's working. Uh, for some basic view stuff, there's a View RX one here from John Lindquist, which I think is really good to look at. Uh, and then the one that I really liked was actually from Chris, our co-host, who's not on here today on the podcast. But he had seven secret patterns view consultants don't want you to know. Uh, so he's telling all the secrets. It's actually a really good talk about uh, some good tips and tricks that you can do inside of Vue. So check out these talks from ViewConf. Yeah, those are excellent. I think we've talked about that seven tips talk he, he did before. And I know he had a blog article. I think he did actually wrote it too. Yeah, he wrote it up. You can actually read it or you can watch the video. I did both. <laughs> excellent awesome. stuff. Yeah, I agree. Those are great picks. Peter, go ahead and go with yours and then I'll, I'll finish it off. Do you have some okay. Yeah, my first pick would be Hoodie. It's a JavaScript library for building simple self-hosted uh, offline-first JavaScript application. And my second one would be the ViewDev Tools 5 Beta 1, which I actually did check out a few days ago. And I like the performance tab and I think would help in really debugging applications. And the third one would be a book I'm currently reading, which is titled Ego is the Enemy. I think it's an interesting one and you should go read it. What's the name of the book? Ego is the Enemy. Ego is the Enemy. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. By Ryan Holiday. Why do you like the book? Well, it's it says uh, uh, gives a couple of points about how our ego can affect us and how we can let go of it and become 
better human, better person, and and uh, I can't say much about it, but I think you should go check it out. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so my picks is uh, I'm a little behind on this, but Halt and Catch Fire. I finally got some time. I binged watched it on Netflix the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's pretty good if you want like a flashback of old school, like 1980s, 90s tech. Uh, it's with a lot of drama mixed in. You guys would like it. It feels a little bit like watching the beginning of of uh, a company that's being created like an, an Apple type company. And then again, like a like a Bolton board system type company. So yeah, very interesting. Halt and Catch Fire, that was an AMC and it's also Netflix. Uh, and then my other pick would be I've been well. Do you, hey, John or Joey, have you guys watched that Hall and Catch Fire? Like it? Not not like it? I'm wondering. Nope, never watched. No, nope, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Uh, well, Mr. Robot's another one. If if you guys like kind of geeky tech shows, that might be another good one. And then my other pick for the day is. Uh, I'll just give a little plug for my book, VJS in Action. It's finally out in hard cover. Uh, I actually had one in my hands today, so I'm just really excited that's out. And you can just, if you go to my Twitter profile, uh, twitter.com slash Eric, C-H-E-R-I-K-C-H, just click on the link there and you get right to the book. So that's all we have it today for Views on View. Thank you to our guest again, Peter. I appreciate it and take care, everyone. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.